Hi, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So tell me, how was your week? I mean, beyond horrible. This was really one of the worst weeks Yeah, it ever. was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's also the day before Thanksgiving. I mean, it'll be Thanksgiving by the time people listen to this, but it's the worst travel day of the year. Yeah, it's like Black Wednesday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in New York, we are known for our wonderful transportation options. It's fantastic. The MTA run by Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> and cars are basically erupting into flames all over Brooklyn. That's right. There was a fire on the Brooklyn Bridge cars and during rush hour, the entire bridge was shut down. And the, in the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, there was a cab that went on fire. That's right. And basically, all that means is that status quo, it's another terrible week, perfect week for This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, it was a terrible week, but the thing is, Thanksgiving, I think it's the best holiday of the year because it's not laden with religious implications or nationalistic things. It's really just celebrating family and food and all the things we love. And even Washington sort of becomes apolitical. It's about traditions. And one of the things we love is when, you know, they bring a turkey or turkeys to the White House and the president goes and pardons them. I do not like it, but okay, we can disagree. <laughs> okay. Reasonable people. People may differ, <laughs> may disagree about this. Um, but of course, leave it to Donald Trump to fuck this up. Right. Uh-huh. So they brought two turkeys in and the names of the turkeys were peas and carrots. OK. OK. So he could have pardoned both of them, but instead he p- decided he was going to pardon just one of them. Oh, of course, he has to murder one of them. <laughs> right. So he's going <laughs> to pardon one and murder another one. Right. So um, he makes this big Scratch statement. Scratch that itch. Right. <laughs> so, of course, instead of making it apolitical, he decides to make it incredibly political and comment on the most recent election. So as he's about to basically decide the life or death of these poor turkeys, he says. It, it was a vote. There was a vote to decide which of peas or carrots was going to live website. on the way. Yeah. So he says the winner of this vote was, I wish I could do an imitation, but I would be really bad and annoying. The winner of this vote was conducted by a fair and open election conducted on the White House website. This was a fair election. Unfortunately, carrots refused to concede and demanded a recount, and we are still fighting with carrots. I will tell you we've come to a conclusion. Carrots, I'm sorry to tell you, the result did not change. It's too bad for carrots. Carrots, you will be murdered. He thinks that carrots is like Stacey A Abrams. Being who is actually one of the many African American candidates who, who ran lost, for who office and probably lost didn't unfairly. lose. Exactly. Yeah. So he can't he can't even let get like a charming charming American national tradition go without getting a sideswipe in at his enemies. He can't do anything. He can't do anything. I mean, you would think even with the terrible crisis in Northern California with the campfire that's going on. I mean, this is one of the worst tragedies, you know, you know, natural disasters that's been happening. Climate change. We don't even know really what's to call, uh, to blame for this, but there's thousands or thousands still account- unaccounted for. And you would think that uh, that he would be sympathetic for this. But as you can imagine, this has given rise to a new political movement, mm-hmm. and it's called RAGA, oh which my is, God, rake, is that? rake America oh, rake. Great Again. <laughs> and the Rake America Great Again. And this all stems from an interview he did with Chris Wallace on Fox News. And here's the quote. You may have heard of this, but I, I can't let this go un- uncommented upon. He said, I was with the president of Finland Finland of all places. Finland. And he said, we have much different. We are a forest nation. Finland is a forest nation. <laughs> okay. <It's> a little <laughs> he elves. called it a forest nation. 
And they spend a lot of time on raking and cleaning and clearing and doing things, doing things. And they don't have any problem. And when it is, it's a very small problem. So I know everybody's looking at that to that end. Um, so that was his observation about Finland. So what was he saying? That we should be more like Finland and rake? Yes, we should rake yes. the forest? He has further observations based on firsthand, uh, firsthand evidence. He said, I was watching the firemen the other day. I don't know if in person or on Fox News. And they were raking areas. They were raking areas where the fire was right over there. And they're raking little bushes that you could see are totally dry. Weeds. And they're raking them. And they're on fire. So I don't know. The burning Wait. bush? Like, <laughs> like Moses? Like, I don't know. if He doesn't know that story. Like, does, does the raking to the bush cause the fire? Is it preventing the fire? Does he know what causes fire? Has he ever or seen a fire? Is he familiar with the concept of fire? Like raking does not prevent fire? Or you're just moving the leaves from one place, from one to, place another. to another. <laughs> And if they're going to burn, they're going to burn. So the president of Finland, to his credit, um, didn't, I mean, he objected to this, but he had met with Trump recently and he said that they did talk about the fires, but he does not recall talking about raking Raking. (laughs) per se. (laughs) How does Donald Trump even know about raking? As He's never raked. Like maybe the golf courses get raked. He's raped. He has indeed raped. (laughs) He's not raked. (laughs) He is not a raker. He is a raper, rapist. He's not a rakist. And uh, the president of Finland just said, we take care of our forests, which one does if you're a forest nation when is donald trump like christian the expert of forest management he doesn't know anything has he ever been in a forest have you thought about this and then previously last week he said like this is all your fault we're gonna pull the the funding. That was his first funding. reaction. We're pulling funding. Not, I'm so sorry for the victims, thoughts and prayers, which we don't want anyway. No, <sighs> it's that it's your fault. You didn't rake well enough. What a disgrace. Imagine that you were missing someone, you know, and that he was the person who came in to comfort you. It's just like the icing on the cake of a disaster. It's like, not an icing. It's cold it's like comfort. A, it's like tar. It's, it's like, like, yeah. like shitting on the cake. It's, like, it's horrible. It's horrible. And this guy, he was just like this week was you th- every week you think it can't get any worse and then he just says things oh, every yeah. week okay so this is like beating a dead cat but you have a cat you yeah, have a so dead cat like this turkey <laughs> thing is obviously ridiculous and the the raking, raking. thing is idiotic but uh, trump said tr- something truly abhorrent this week and like it is a new low in this presidency and you know we thought it's not possible <laughs> to go week, lower that's the whole reason we have a podcast <laughs> i mean we talk about crazy shit about food and elon musk and stupid apps, but in the end, it's kind of really about Trump. This and whole he's thing, plumbing right? new depths every week. He's Just, like a plumber. He's, <laughs> he's like a Drano in the minus worlds. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week, uh, Trump he sided with the Saudis regarding the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington Post columnist. Of course he did. Of course he did. He loves murderers. He released a statement. It was shocking, not only in its content, but in its usage of punctuation. (laughs) So (laughs) to back up a second, we've discussed this before, but if you've been living in a cave, uh, the Saudi government sent a 15-person hit squad to murder and dismember a Washington Post columnist. They tortured him. They killed him. They stole the body. They whatever. Right. And there's overwhelming evidence that Saudi the CIA came in and said, like, we have no doubt the highest have, level, the highest the level, highest level, of, level confidence of confidence that, that this happened. Mohammed bin right. Salman, the crown prince, ordered the killing. And 
However, Donald Trump does not believe our own maybe, intelligence. Yes, maybe, maybe no. So he, it, the statement is entitled Statement from President Donald J. Trump on Standing with Saudi Arabia. There are eight exclamation points in it. <laughs> Wait, and it's standing like, with sta- Saudi Arabia? Punctuation, <laughs> punctuation, punctuation, punctuation? No, they're distributed throughout. Okay, okay. They're evenly distributed. Well, it's a distributed architecture. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, it's like he's screaming at us. He starts the... the statement by saying america first exclamation point first words are america first yes. i couldn't read this because i just i read the breakdown of it but i couldn't read the actual text because i would vomit you in would my vomit mouth. and and the second sentence is the world is a very dangerous place exclamation point indeed it is hard, <laughs> hard to debate with that largely More because, of him. because of you yes <laughs> yes so then he goes on to blame iran for the war in yemen which has killed eighty five thousand children he repeats his assertion that saudi arabia spends four hundred and fifty billion dollars in the u.s 110 billion of which is spent on weapons from american defense contractors and then repeats the lie that jamal khashoggi was an enemy of the state of saudi arabia and a member of the muslim brotherhood which by all accounts he was not and even if he was that would not justify an extrajudicial murder <laughs> torture okay. and murder that's right so he concludes by saying, our intelligence agencies continue to assess all information, but it could very they well be... They do not assess. No, no, no. They have reached no, they a conclusion. Know. <laughs> they know. It could very well be that the crown prince has knowledge of this tragic event. Maybe he did, and maybe he didn't. Oh, Exclamation God. point. When I saw that... that- I comment, mean, I was just it disgusted. is the height and what this is, it was a great analysis in the New York Times that said basically what he's doing is he's providing a playbook to all the autocrats in the world, not least of which is his best friend, Putin. It's an invitation. About, right, Murder it's an invitation, everybody. Do what you want. Here's what I'm going to say when you do something like that. Slap on the wrist, maybe for show. But in the end, I'm going to say, who knows? Could be a 500 pound person sitting on their basement in their uh, basement in yeah. New Jersey. Right, right, right. That's the whole the answer he has to everything. I have no reason to think that Putin didn't not. And it doesn't matter. Like he trusts, interfering in the he election. Trusts every autocrat in the world that he thinks is his friend who flatters him, who pays to the allegedly to America's economic benefit. We don't even know if those numbers are true, right? right. I, I've heard that they're not. Quite They're probably that much quite inflated. inflated. That's right. As long as he benefits from it, and as long as, like, you know, it sort of gives him cover too, because this is his band of brothers. This is these are his allies, and the more he moves the goalposts for them, the farther he gets to move down the field and sort of emulate them as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And he wants money beyond anything. <laughs> it's, money. it's like human he rights even hide it or anymore. money. He doesn't even hide it anymore. It's just a denial of all of our remaining American values. And he trusts some random autocrat who whispers it in his ear and says, I didn't know, I didn't do it, over his own own intelligence, who there's like 15 different agencies, all of whom report to him, all of whom our government pays for, the best in the world. Every government in the world relies on our intelligence, and he doesn't believe it. Or or he just doesn't give a shit. Okay, I've had enough. No, 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 no. No, but he's (laughs) focused on the real enemies of the state, like shoeless (laughs) refugees from Central America. And right, that wild anarchist, Jim. Acosta and black athletes who kneel during the national anthem. So terrible people. Terrible. No, like, no, no. Shut it down. Shut it this down. Is, I can't talk about this anymore. I'm vomit. This is too obvious. I'm okay. just going to jump out the window. Okay. <laughs> okay. I need to talk about a real threat to our national security. <laughs> okay. What is that? <laughs> and Brian? that is romaine lettuce. Oh my god. <laughs> 
It's it's an epidemic. We have talked about this far too many times on our podcast, but it, it's not our choice to talk about this. It's thrust. It keeps upon coming us. up. I got an alert from the CDC. I got a push notification that do not eat romaine under any circumstances or in any form. In what any form? form? Right. This is Solid, liquid, and gas. <laughs> I don't. It's sublimating <laughs> from ice to gas and skipping the solid form and liquid form. Um, so the CDC said there's been an E. coli breakout in 11 states, but they don't know. It could be nationwide. So they've issued a nationwide alert. They are banning it. They're saying don't not just don't eat it. They're saying throw out any lettuce or lettuce mix that might contain this. But you don't even know don't what's in your lettuce. Don't, don't look at it. They're saying scour your refrigerator, throw out everything and wash your refrigerator out with bleach. Um, so this is a boon to the bleach industry this made is, in America, MAGA, right? <laughs> go Borax go or Clorox. Clorox, right? It's going to help their stock, right? But this isn't the first time this happened. This happened before earlier this year. And I think we talked about it then. There was an E. coli romaine breakout that, uh, sickened 200, uh, 210 people and it actually killed five people. Could you imagine on your gravestone, like beloved mother, daughter, sister, Try brother, to be healthy. killed by romaine <laughs> lettuce at chopped salad. <laughs> so they're taking everything away from us. So there was Chipotle. They had this issue. People were vomiting and diarrheaing in the streets. There was explosive <laughs> diarrhea on Madison Everywhere. Avenue. I witnessed it. They're taking away our chopped salad. There's no, like We're trying to be healthy, all of us, and the leafy greens are being denied. And weren't you denied? Yes, I had a personal story, and it happened just today, merely hours ago. I went to Dos Toros, which is a great... Delicious. It's a delicious. It's a local alternative to, to Chipotle. They have fresh farm-to-table ingredient. I get a like a, a burrito salad without the burrito, and I asked for romaine because you get a choice of romaine or because you didn't know yet. Field, oh, I didn't know yet. Field greens, and they're like, uh-uh, we don't have romaine. Did they just start screaming? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I have an opinion about field greens. I think field greens are the lowliest of the greens. Oh, they're so I overrated. Think it's like the garbage bin of lettuce. Yes. Like you don't know what you have or what you can get. You just throw it and call it field and there's greens. There's always and it's like, like one that's like mix. just rotten. What is a fucking spring no. mix? It's, like a, it's always the red a oak. The mix. Road, what is mesclin? It's a drug. Yeah. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want a drug lettuce. in my salad, no. no. And they also had a sign that said they have no guacamole due to an avocado shortage. And I don't believe it for one minute. I think it's part. It's, it's a plot. It's part of the romaine situation. I think that there is a widespread E. coli breakout uh-huh. that they're not really disclosing the full extent of. So they're hiding it. This is a little Alex Jonesy. <laughs> They're kind of hiding it under the romaine umbrella. And it, this just made me want to like uh, walk out, like, like they... throw myself into the gutter and get a dirty water hot dog. What can we eat? Oh, hot dogs. We do- can't even, we have, can't hot even have hot dogs. Well, well, here in the U.S. we can have hot dogs, but in Australia... There is like just a conniption fit over hot dogs. There's an Australia hot dog problem. (laughs) I'm not aware of this. (laughs) Do they have hot dogs in Australia? I thought it was like a very New York-y thing. No, it's – well, there's the sausage. We have a lot of listeners. You know, like 3% of our listeners, thank you, Gerald, are in Uh, Australia. Yes, yes. So Gerald – And we have like 5% in Australasia, which might include like Papua New Guinea, New Zealand, all the other – We have a lot of listeners in Papua New Guinea. Fabulous nations, Vanuatu. Fabulous Pacific Islands. American Guam. I don't know. So Gerald, who lives in Sydney, but is not Australian, he texted me to say that he's having a nervous breakdown over this situation with the hot dogs and the onions. I, have, I can't even and, see where you're going and with And so this. Australian newspapers 
whatever is they were running these stories with the headline, this will tear our nation apart. And the news anchors were saying this will ruin Australia. Ruin Australia. Yes. It's already kind of ruined if you ever watch real world Sydney. <laughs> <It's kind laughs> I haven't watched that, but I've heard. On the other hand, uh, Please Like Me, my favorite show in the world, is set in Melbourne. And it's delightful. It's delightful. Hannah Gadsby's. Yeah, Hannah Gadsby. Right. Okay. But so, notwithstanding, so there's a hot dog problem. So what were they referring Australia. to that is going to destroy the me, fabric of Australian culture? Um, a hardware chain suggestion that people put onions under a sausage instead of on top. Like in a bun? <laughs> no. Like you put the... No. No, wait. So <laughs> let me explain. I'm lost. <laughs> so Australians take pride in their sausage sizzles. It's what they call it. Sizzles. Yes. That's delightful. <laughs> so Australian catchy, catchy name. community groups, they set up these fundraiser barbecues outside this chain of hardware stores called Bunnings. There's 300 locations and they sell these open face sausage sandwiches <laughs> on a slice of white bread. Oh, and so okay. the hardware store. But wait, the, the geometry doesn't fit. A white bread slice is square in a uh, this tubular it's, sausage. There's How does a that lot work? of confusion. So many conf- they have so not cracked here. this nut yet. <laughs> so <laughs> the hardware store was concerned that people eating the sausages would enter their stores and drop the onions on the floor, leading other customers to slip, fall, and perhaps sue. So it's a security risk. Right. So they said... Onions can be slippery when they fall out of a sausage sandwich. To make sure that onions don't end up on the ground and pose a slipping risk, please apply a small amount of onion to the bread under the sausage while serving. Okay, the Australians went ballistic. Oh my you God, are wait. not supposed so, to put it under. You're supposed to put okay, it on wait, top. I have a question. Is it under and over or just under? Just, you're supposed to put it on top. And put the, the mere suggestion to put it underneath was an attack on Australians' personal freedom. It's like, a, it's like the cosmic order has been disrupted. It's like a wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like antimatter. It's, it's like a, the, the Higgs boson particles. It's like everything they knew has been upended. <laughs> And so the um, the prime minister Scott Morrison had to get involved. It's he a had new to prime issue, minister, actually. Yes, but. and he had to issue a statement, and he said that it was un-Australian Un- to well, offer this guy. What is Australian? Do they have a national identity other than like drinking and Barbies? Onions shrimp on, on top the Barbie? of sausages. <laughs> I mean, we never knew. This is uh, so. You know, they pride themselves on self-reliance and. And in what Ingenuity. way is like the, so- the arrangement of your condiments on a sausage like, <laughs> <I guess. laughs> emblematic of your national identity? I guess they just felt like they were living in a nanny state. Okay. Because okay. like they don't want to be told I see to put the onions. I don't want to be told where to put my onions on my hot dog or my sausage. Especially by a hardware store that's encouraging people to do <laughs> it yourself. <laughs> I think the hardware store should have like a seat in the parliament. <laughs> like they should be the like Like who are they to issue the, like, these hot decrees? Dog minister or something like that. No, no. No. No, shut this down. I'm, I'm I can't take this. But just use a bun. Just use a normal bun. There's a reason we invented the bun. There's a reason it lovingly <laughs> encloses the sausage. We've cracked this problem. And then you could put the onions on the side. American ingenuity. This is the beauty of it. We invented the bun. We I don't disrupted, know if we invented the bun. We disrupted the sausage sizzle. <laughs>
and we've got it down. So Australians come to America, go to see our dirty water dogs. Go look, we we get the bun, we get the sauerkraut, the the mustard, the, the chili, the ending, whatever you want on there. It fits it fine. There's no people slipping in hardware stores. That and is not suing. an issue. No, it's not. That's not an issue. Shut it down. No, 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 no. no. It's funny that you mentioned Australia because I have another Australia item that has been really bugging me. It's it's very interesting. So um, we cover science a lot on this because we believe that science is truth. It's and real. We believe in the science scientific method, climate change. Um, this isn't quite climate change, but it relates to wombats, oh. which are one of the fine uh, fauna species of yes, Australia. Yes, we're also amateur zoologists. We are also zoologists. We do a lot of animal stories. Um, but this isn't just about wombats. It's about wombat poop. Oh. And the thing about wombat poop, which you might know if you live in Australia, you might not know if you live here, is that it is cube-shaped. What? Yes. The, this is one of the great wonders of the world. Yes, they are. The wombats are prolific poopers. Uh, they have a hundred bowel movements movements a night. <laughs> so they are. Just they like a three D printer. <laughs> No, uh, 3D printers are slow. They can make 100 of anything in a night. They are, they are like 3D printer engineers should learn from the wombats. And they're not like cube-like. They're not cube-esque. They are actual cubes, and they're exactly two centimeters across. And Is that how they created the centimeter? By <laughs> that's measuring? Like that's Greenwich, like the international the Greenwich, standard. <laughs> the Greenwich standard. You know, they changed the kilogram or the gram or something. Now it's the centimeter. It's it's two. It's one half of a wombat poop right now. Okay. And the obvious thinking is that, no, it's not because they have a square anus. They have a roundish anus like the rest of us. Um, but this caught the attention of a scientist named Patricia Yang of Georgia Tech. So she got her hands on some Tasmanian, <laughs> like Hannah Gadsby, Tasmanian, yeah. uh, Tasmanian wombat roadkill. So she scooped up some of these killed wombats and uh, she said first the obvious thing, which is that uh, she it's easy to figure out with the biology, the varying elastic properties of the intestine wall stretch preferential to facilitate cube formation. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's the how. But Why? We don't know the why. And the answer goes back to Charles Darwin. It's natural selection. There has to be some reason that it gives them an, an evolutionarily a, a evolutionary advantage. What are they using? It's like build houses? Okay. The, problem, the thing is, is that it defines their territory and cubes don't roll away. Oh. So it defines their territory and then they, uh, <laughs> they make cubes around their territory so that they can both identify it and come back to it and also ward others off. So it's a signal to other so wombats. So they make like an igloo? Yes, it's basically an igloo. It's like a habitat for humanity, <laughs> except for wombatarity, right? But then there's more. So um, the really clever ones, they stack them several cubes high so that the scent travels further and both deters their predators and also lets them find their home. Um, and there are practical implications for this because we who make cubes for practical reasons in the human race, um, uh, Patricia Yang said, we currently only have two methods to manufacture cubes. We mold <laughs> it or we cut it. Now we have a third method, which is to have Wombats so shit it out. So we can have like genetically engineered wombats <laughs> making like cube shaped like, dice, like pills. Rubik cubes. 
Rubik's cubes? I don't know. This Yang. I mean, no. she should have just called Hannah Gatsby. Yeah, who she would have done a much this. better job. No. So I'm glad science is progressing. Uh, progressing. I'm glad they're looking at the natural world. Um, I would prefer if they were spending their time and uh, scientific grants on something other than wombat poop. No. 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 Shut just it shut down. this down. Um, no. Okay. So we last week we talked about Matt Whitaker, who's the acting attorney general, who's like a lackey that Trump, uh, Trump hired after he fired Jeff Sessions. We've been learning more about him over the last week because uh, the story continues. And we love follow-up here. We are not like love it and dump it topics here. We do provide follow-up. We go deeper. We, so, Rachel, we have some yes, more Yes, we have some updates up on, on – Attorney, acting attorney general Matt Whitaker's resume Who's from like several bouncer. years he's ago. He's like a Staten Island bouncer. Yes, he's like a refrigerator <laughs> monster. Refrigerator with Perry. Former <laughs> Fox News contributor with the bald head. Looks like every other Trumpy on Fox. Okay, so his resume was unearthed from when he was applying for a federal judgeship back in Iowa, where he's from. Um, and as expected, most of the application focuses on legal experience, sure. as okay. should as one should. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it asks for a rundown of positions held and clerkship information before including the classic any other relevant particular. Yeah, it's like on your resume, like oh, I also right. play piano and I run marathons. It's a nice thing to say. It doesn't get you the job, but it gives you a sense of like I'm a well-rounded person. But Matt Whitaker. Focused on this. Matt received an athletic scholarship from Coach Hayden Fry and the University of Iowa. At Iowa, Matt played in 35 consecutive games during his sophomore, junior, and senior years, letting all three years he played. Matt was a three-time academic All-Big Ten selection and an academic All-American his senior year. Matt played in two postseason bowl games, including the 1991 Rose Bowl. Okay. How is this relevant? This is way <laughs> so too much that's football what you information. Want in, a, in a judge and in an acting attorney general, likely to be the attorney Someone general. Someone who played in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that is no small feat. I could not play in the Rose Bowl. You could not play in the Rose Bowl. We are not qualified to be the attorney general. He did. He did. And so he, he is. is. <laughs> okay. no, and it didn't stop there. When he asked, when asked how his appointment would, quote, enhance the court, he says, as you can see from my resume, I graduated from undergraduate at Iowa in three and one half years while playing on the Iowa football team. Okay. So Therefore, we, <laughs> we see our analytics so we know where our listeners are, at least what state they're in. And we have no listeners in Iowa. So let's go ahead and diss Iowa. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> really? Three and a half years? That's only like one semester early. Unless you went to the Iowa Writers Program, which then, I do respect. Then I respect that. I do not think that Matt Whitaker was in the Iowa Writers Program. Um, however, no. however, he does have a sense of creativity. Um, <laughs> he does have background other than that. Oh, um, tell. We knew that he was being investigated for his involvement. He was on the board of this scammy... A company called World Patent Marketing. Right. And right. So what they do is they like take your money, promise to help you with your patent and never call you back. <laughs> right. And you right. spend thousands and thousands right. of dollars. And then when someone complains, uh, his he's job the one is to shut you down. To shut you down. He's the one who calls you and threatens to sue you and, and break destroy your, your life and break your, and break your kneecaps <laughs> that you'll go away and never talk to them again. So we learned a little bit more because this is the forthcoming Democratic uh, Congress. They're, uh, you know, they're making demands now. They can't enforce them until they're in power, but they're sort of letting on as to what they want to do because they can't wait. Right. They want to know more information. Right. So Elijah Cummings and, and some of the other people sent a request for information. They found out a little bit more about 
world patent marketing. They found out the details of what kind of clients they had. Oh, do tell. I'm yeah, so, so there's two in particular that caught my eye when I was <laughs> reading the report. <laughs> Did a lot of research here. One was a um, time travel cryptocurrency. What does that even mean? Okay. We've had our share of opinions about cryptocurrency. Um, well, I think when Walt Mossberg was here, we announced that was our first episode that was on the we blockchain. We were tethered to the we blockchain. Are on, we are on the blockchain. That's right. Now, this is a time travel ca- cryptocurrency. What I don't, does that mean? I, uh, you're asking the wrong guy. So does it help? Does it? Is it? Is it like... I don't have any cryptocurrency, but if I were to go into the future, I might have it. Into the past? Into the past? I don't know. It's like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or Back to the Future. Yeah. Change the course of history. It's the butterfly effect. You go back in history, you invent cryptocurrency, (laughs) then you own all of it. And you're rich. And you're rich. <laughs> I don't care if it's down to $4,300 a, a Bitcoin this week. It's uh, it's still valuable. It's still money. Okay, but here's the better idea. That's not such a good idea. Here's a better idea. Uh, they were working on a patent for a special toilet for the well-endowed male. Okay. Um, <laughs> again, I ask, what does this even mean? Okay. As a male, <laughs> I don't. I, I can't place myself on the scale of endowment. <laughs> if I did, I wouldn't announce it's it on my podcast. It's beyond the scope of the it's podcast. beyond the scope of this inquiry here. <laughs> I mean, one's imagination is left to drift as to what that might be. So the problems when you're a male, I guess sitting down on a toilet, I guess it would have to be, <laughs> is that the urine could either go up or go down too much. <laughs> so I guess if your endowment is too large, you might fly out of the toilet seat and shoot across the room. If it's too small... <laughs> How big of a problem is this? It might kind of just dribble around. Or if it's too big, it might like brush the water in some sense. <laughs> dip it. <laughs> dip. Go for a dip. Go for a little... A little night swimming. So is there like a claw that like lifts it and, and holds it a up? A support mechanism that lifts and separates? I don't know. All I know is that Matt Whitaker is taking money from the scoundrel who invented this thing. What an innovation. What could possibly go wrong with this invention? It would elevate society and bring us closer. It's one of those inventions that Nirvana. once we once we have it and it becomes standardized thing, we will say, "How did we ever live without this? How did we ever live without the well endowed male toilet seat?" Okay, no, I can't even do this. Shut no. it down. Shut it down. No. The thing that interests me though is that you mentioned that Matt Whitaker has a football background, yeah. and I realized that. Um, the uh, Trump has a particular affinity for football players. Oh, he's and, obsessed with football. Yeah, and this was the week that he did the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And this is among the highest honors that a president can give to a person. And I have a quote as to why it was founded. The award was established by President John F. Kennedy in 1963 to recognize, and this is a quote, any person who has made an especially meritorious contribution to, one, the security or national interests of the United States, or two, world peace— or three, cultural or other significant 
public or private endeavors. Here is who he gave the, the, <laughs> yes, the Presidential Medal of Freedom to. He gave it to three athletes and three dead people. Um, the first one was Miriam Adelson, who's the wife of the disgusting Wait, she's mega an conservative athlete or a dead person? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> She's the wife of Sheldon Adelson, who's okay. this disgusting mega donor. Uh, gave it to Alan Page, who is alive. He's a judge, but he's also a football player. Roger Staubach, who is a football player. Babe Ruth, who's been dead for 70 years. And Elvis. <laughs> and an Elvis, who's been dead for 35 years. Anthony Scalia, who's dead. And Orrin Hatch, who might as well be dead. Who might as well be dead. He loves giving awards to dead people. Right, because they can't object and they can't turn it down, which is what a lot of people would do. Like he pardons dead people, too. <laughs> dead people. That's the thing. It's like he can't get any support from living people, so he just bestows honors upon dead people who won't turn them down. Right. It's all reward, no risk. <laughs> Okay. No, shut all this down. I don't know what, how we got from the, Matt Whitaker's football resume to this, but, but no, no, shut it down. This is no awards to dead people. <laughs> no, no fucking no presidential medal of freedom for well Sheldon Adelson's well wife. Men. No toilets. No. No. no, 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 shut it down. Shut it down. Okay, Rachel, what do you got? Um, so, you know, like on the Upper East Side, it's like, you know, there's all these like, yeah. yeah, of Manhattan, there are all these like ritzy buildings. Yeah, it's like and... the ritzy old school money, old money. There. Yes. And they're, they're, you know, Singer. you go into the lobby there and they often have these like elaborate topiaries and flower arrangements. Yeah, you need a topiary. You need it. How could you even, really how could home. you even return home without like a, be a shame, a, huge... a Shonda. <laughs> so there's this one building, 370 East 76th Street. And as I say it aloud i feel like my parents friends louise and steven may live there <laughs> they might they, they might. might um and they're suing their florists not this, your friends well the residents the of this residents of this building, a building are suing, suing the florists for a thirty-two thousand dollar floral arrangement that was designed for the <laughs> lobby because they said it looks like a mass grave <laughs> That's great. Like when Diana died and there was like on the gates of Buckingham Palace, there's like 10 million flowers. Well, I mean, no, it's like it's worse because <laughs> like it's a like mass grave like in Shrebenica. It's like three rocks that look like headstones. Oh, there's actual rocks. It's not just too many flowers. There's actual like a grave situation. They wanted it to look like a natural English garden, but it looks like a cemetery. <laughs> Okay. So, and who among us would not want to return home to a cemetery every night? <laughs> right. They don't want to like return to their beautiful building only to be faced with their own imminent demise. Death, you know? And frankly, a lot of people who live in those buildings are, are relatively are, close to their own demise. So <laughs> you can understand why they might be upset about this. So they're suing for, and I just can't believe what it What do you have to sue? Why can't you just take it away? <laughs> yeah, just take it. Just move it. Are they um, real flowers? Do they, they have to be replenished? They put it in a storage unit. So like, I mean, but. Wait, the flowers are going to die in like 10 die. minutes. So it's like these rocks are in a storage <laughs> unit now. I'm so confused. And they're suing. This is only in New York story. Yeah, like they, this would not happen in Kansas City. They're suing for a refund and the, the lawyers for the florist is saying, my clients intend to vigorously defend this matter and are confident confident that will be it will be resolved in their favor what is going to be the defense <laughs> i'd love to see the like court tv like transcript of this trial <laughs> <laughs> they, should go to the I supreme mean, if court they took away the rocks would they be happy with the flowers it's nice to have flowers in your lobby but yeah. thirty-two thousand. 
worth? I, why is it thirty two thousand dollars? That's the bigger question. Everything on the Upper East Side takes. Uh, it costs, it costs like ten times more than it money, normally right? does. That's right, and they're price insensitive. So as long as there's no like you know emotional trauma, they're fine with it. But I guess this triggered them. I think that they should just save the money. <laughs> And buy, like, um, edible arrangements. (laughs) Or give it to the homeless people who are camped out in front of their home. Exactly. Okay, no Upper East Side, no. I mean, you're, no. No mass graves in lobbies, no. (laughs) Shut it down. You know what rich people love to spend money on, Rachel? Luxury goods. Fashion. Fashion, Fashion couture. Fashion, and especially people in China. You know, every luxury oh, brand. Oh, crazy rich has, Asians. Oh, yeah. It wasn't China, but yeah. So, yeah, all of these fashion labels, they've got like a huge boner for China. It's the fastest growing market. You know, people love luxury goods. There's the rising middle class. Blah, very blah, classy. Blah. They're very classy very, people. And, and Dolce & Gabbana is no exception. The, you know, the Italian fashion house today in Shanghai, they were hours away from welcoming guests to a huge fashion show that they called The Great Show. And it was billed as a tribute to China. They were going to have over 200 models there. It was so going to be a huge their thing. So honoring their tribute with, to China. Yes. But... <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> just right before it was poised to begin, it was canceled by the Cultural Affairs Bureau of Shanghai after a racist video that Dolce & Gabbana put out went viral on social Wait, media. Did they think it was racist or do you think it was racist? Um, I think it was... <laughs> it's a little racist. It was racist, yeah. So let me just... I don't know how to describe it, but I will try. So we'll link to it we'll in, the it in the show. The 40-second... It's a 40-second spot. There were three of them and they aired on all of their social media channels, including Weibo, which is you know China's equivalent of Twitter. And it shows um, an Asian model struggling to eat Italian foods like pizza and a giant cannoli with chopsticks they're strolling they're 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 struggling they're struggling they're struggling so um and then in chinese with english subtitles it says you should penetrate the cannoli with your chopsticks so it's also like sexist because the cannoli is just like this huge thing and it's just it's like an oversized it's an oversized cannoli on a plate and she's like struggling to pick it up with chopsticks and like and then like there's gongs in the background (laughs) and like just like stereotypical chinese music it's very offensive and so like the there was a huge outcry they were trending on twitter they were trending on weibo and stefano gabbana one half of the duo he decided instead to calm things he stoked the flames he poured gasoline on the fire by posting some offensive comments on instagram he called china the country of shit and <laughs> well, called that will do it that the will people piss someone off. <laughs> ignorant dirty smelling mafia and then all of a sudden his account was deleted and the company said he was hacked but I don't think so. No, okay. So um, I might take that down too. Though. <laughs> I I will say that I did once spend the day with Domenico Dolce and Stefano Gabbana oh, really? in Milan. I was profiling them for the launch of their cosmetics line with P and G, and they were very polite and cordial. But lurking beneath the surface was a pair of garbage monsters. This was before the advent of Instagram when okay. I was with them. So that's their medium of choice to express their Instagram virulent, gross thoughts. Instagram. So in 2015. Domenico Dolce called IVF babies synthetic, and he earned the ire of no less of an eminence than Elton John, who said (laughs) in an Instagram post, I shall never wear Dolce & Gabbana again, which sucked because at that point, who else was wearing Dolce (laughs) & Gabbana other than Elton John? 
Um, and then in 2017, they were one of the only fashion labels to say that they were proud to dress Melania Trump after Tom Ford said he refused to dress her. So, no. And then just a few months ago, Stefano Gabbana called Selena Gomez ugly on Instagram. She's a vision. She is a visionary. <laughs> She's our <laughs> She's finest so living songstress. <laughs> How dare <Thank> he? <laughs> anyway, my point is that he has shown a pattern of behavior on Instagram that is wildly offensive. And there's no way that this story about somebody hacking his Instagram account is that. Okay, was... nope, shut it down. No, no. no. Okay, we got to get you up to running out of time. Um, these are the things that gave us a little ray of hope, a little beacon of light that got us through the week. I want to talk about something that just happened a few hours ago. It is the election for the head of Interpol, which is not something we think about. This is the International Police Association that serious. apprehends terrorists and other horrible people as they're trying to uh, go across international borders. And there was this Putin lackey who is a lockup. He was going to be the next guy. And we're like, this is like the fox in charge of the hen house. Like, we are not going to be able to catch anybody because they're all going to go to Russia and be fine. Well, in the end, somehow justice prevailed and they wound up choosing a, uh, choosing a South Korean guy named Kim Jong Yang. Um, and uh, I don't know about him, but he seems like, as long as he's not Russian and not in Putin's pocket, it seems like a much better a huge choice. failure like, for Putin. For once, in a, for once in a blue moon, it actually went our way, which is great. That's why it's my yup. However, I do want to add that immediately, um, this was reported on Mo Radio Moscow or RT television, Russian officials said that this was because of, quote, brazen interference. Oh. <laughs> but guess where they learned that from? Donald Trump, yep. right? Of course. Right. You have Stacey Abrams. Of course. Andrew Gillum. Like, this, right. is, this is the problem. When you don't win, it's because it's of because interference. Of Absolutely. So no... To them, yep, yep. To Kim Jong Yang. Kim Jong Yang, good, good memory. <laughs> That's right. We're about to go out. Actually, as soon as it's done, we're about to go out to Korean barbecue and soju and Korean karaoke in Koreatown. So we are big fans we, of the Koreans. We love the Koreans. We love we're the so Koreans. Excited. And there's our yup. There's our yup. And Rachel, my what's yup, yours? My yup goes to the new patron saint of feminist clapbacks, our very own Ariana Grande. She's our own. <laughs> She's, <laughs> She's ours. Someone's own. <laughs> so I just, I mean, has any celebrity been through a more horrific couple of years? Years than Ariana it's Grande. been terrible. The whole Pete Davidson terrorist attack. Pete Davidson, her ex, committed suicide, and tabloids blamed her for it. Horrible. But she's been a beacon of beauty, inspiration. She's beautiful. Love and light through it all. What about the song? What is the song? Um, her song is called "Thank You Next." It's perfect for Thanksgiving. It's like "Thank You Next." next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I, and I, I draw a lot of inspiration. It combines gratitude and shade together, much like a Thanksgiving dinner with your family. <laughs> Self, right, family, Thanksgiving, shade, everything else. Everything that else. <laughs> but today, Ariana Grande turned her wit and wisdom to vile Piers Morgan, who frankly doesn't even deserve to be addressed by Ariana Grande. And he hates the papooses. He's he's hard. He hates everything. Susan Sarandon's bra, <laughs> whatever. You know, he just likes to weigh in about women. And he was using his public platform or whatever's left of it to take aim at the British girl group Little Mix. And he accused them of using sex to sell albums as if this is not what the entire music industry has been based on for the last hundred years. But um, Ariana Grande was having none of it. And she tweeted... At Piers Morgan, I look forward to the day that you realize that there are other ways to go about making yourself relevant than to criticize young, beautiful, successful women for everything they do. I think that'll be a beautiful thing for you and your career or what's left of it. So, yup. Yup to Ariana. Yup to her. Okay, we're running out of time. This has been a 
terrible, particularly terrible week, but we hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you're listening to this on Thanksgiving while you're commuting, while you're traveling, while you're hiding out in the bedroom, while your family is fighting. This is the great, the greatest way to entertain yourself. Yes. Thank you so much. Next week, we have a special guest. We will not reveal because we hope she won't cancel. (laughs) And then we have an anniversary show coming up, which will be a live show, a first ever for us. Yes. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Please follow, tweet, Facebook, all that shit. Review. Tell your friends. Um, Thank you so much for listening. This has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down.